Welcome back to the Integrateness Podcast with your hosts, Jason and Jolene. Five bucks to the person who guesses who I am. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we were kicking around because we don't pre-plan these very much, which it's amazing how well they turn out. Um, but we kind of got, what we were first talking about, Jolene, was we we're going to do something on re- receiving. Yeah. That was kind of our initial idea for an episode. Here, let me move the... Uh, there. Uh, we were, we got talking about receiving and then we got talking about a whole bunch of stuff and then it rolled into like the differences between men and women. And then it became this, like, I want to say battle of the sexes, but I think we should change it to like tango of the genders or something. Yeah. Cause it's not a, I hate that battle. Of I the know. Sexes. It sets it up that it's a fight. And, and I think too much in our world today has become a fight. It's like men versus women. And there's, if you watch YouTube, there's either like the women or the men and they're fighting all the time. And the, 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 the lines are like. You know, alpha male like puts woke woman in her place, and you're just like, this is just not good for any of us when you think about it. So, tango of the genders, I love it. I like that because tango, it's always this dance. We're not actually like we're not arguing on like who has it harder, who has it easier. It's not this tit for tat. It's a place of mutual understanding. It's a place of mature conversation when you can truly like place yourself in the other person's shoes. And if anybody. <laughs> saw that one post jason and i actually have the same shoes we do exactly (laughs) the same shoes (laughs) so we understand what it's like to walk in each other's shoes legitimately legitimately yeah so what we kind of got talking about is just you know we've got like generational differences between genders and there is just you know when it came to a place of receiving that's kind of what what rolled this whole conversation in i was like you know how safe is it for people to receive you know what's like the societal sort of pressures around men being uh, able to ask for help, especially from like a counseling perspective or in a partnership with their um, with their partner. And, you know, how can they be vulnerable? We're talking so much about being vulnerable and being able to be in these open, honest, understanding, you know, connections with people. And it's like, but where's the social construction that says we are aren't allowed to do this? Because that's really what creates a ton of that safety and openness to begin with. So I was saying how, you know, there seems to be, and I don't know if it's a generational thing or whether it's actually... Um, specific characteristics of people. I'm not quite sure yet, but there was like a whole like handful of like demasculated men who started to play very passive roles in their partnerships, relationships, just in life in general. Um, And, you know, from my perspective as a woman, definitely going on a journey more into my feminine energy. I've been over-masculated for so long living in this patriarch society and working and proving my worth and martyring and caretaking for others as well as, you know, operating as a business owner and kind of carrying so many of the decisions everywhere in my life. And I look and it's like that then forces the person you're in partnership with to be in a really passive role, essentially. Otherwise, you're just going to be repelling each other, right? So, you know, there is so much to observe around the minute one person changes in a dynamic what that forces the other person into if they're going to remain in that same space you know what i mean oh, huge huge and I, and I think it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because they're remember like that movie from 1986 willow <laughs> that was that was my ex's favorite movie i never watched it okay <laughs> but they they, they re, as they're doing it they revamped it they did okay. a sequel series on disney plus and it's it was weird to watch because the main characters are two women and they're lesbians. Okay. All the men are either passive or incompetent. The only male that is like the traditional heroic male was like a Muslim origin. 
wow, is that why it was his favorite movie? <laughs> no, the original one wasn't. It was more okay. typical, but that's how they changed it really? for the modern time. And I sat here kind of watching it. And then Willow is only, isn't the main character even. Huh. So he's a supporting player in his own show. And I'm kind of like, as someone who grew up with that, there's nothing here for me. Like there was nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, what was the intention behind that? And I get it. They're trying to appeal to what is now perceived as the mainstream audience. Yeah. And I just found that's a prime example, kind of in a way of what you're talking about, like strong female characters, emasculated men, except for like a minority. You know what I mean? I know. Like it, was, it was just an interesting and creative I, choice to make. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much confusion in this world, right? Like I feel like we try to move towards diversity and we try to move towards, you know, I think about a lot of the equality movements and like feminist movements. And I really, now that I've learned more about what that did to me as a female in this, um, in, in this day and age, I'm like, oh, I feel like demanding to be equal to men really um, suppressed and harnessed the really unique female qualities about me, right? And then we almost played females against each other. And if you wanted to be quote unquote taken care of or, you know, um, in those kind of ways, you were shamed for it and you were hurrahed for how much you could burn yourself out and all of these things, right? And it's like, I think everybody's so confused. So like you and I, we're not even going to talk about what's like, there is no right or wrong. I think no. it's just observing of like the continuum of all of this and like where we're all falling on it. I know where it's impacted my life for sure. And, you know, we got talking about the, the dating world and I was saying, you know, uh, you know, typically when I look at old like attachment patterns and things like that, I tended to have more of a um, of a chasing pattern. Right. So now I'm very intentionally, you know, I've healed a lot of those attachment wounds and I am like sitting back in that process, really observing who's going to kind of walk towards me rather than me chasing what's not for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So in that process, it's funny because now you're saying there's a whole handful of men out there that are actually quite passive and not wanting to take that initiative. And that's totally what I see because I see a lot of you tell me what your perspective was there and we'll fill that in well because it's just something like like obviously i haven't been married for like 15 years so i'm not in the dating scene but i have friends who have been dating and I, you know i've heard just so many of these stories where yeah women want to be chased but when you approach a woman you're almost shamed for doing it because the the, the one percent of men out there who are the players who are the ones that will approach a woman are giving the rest of the men kind of a bad name. So women, when they're approached, automatically suspect that's who they're being approached by. Yeah. And so they shame them. And I've heard stories of people, like men being filmed on video getting rejected and then it's posted on TikTok and Instagram. So then other guys see that and they're like, well, fuck this. Like, I'm not even going to bother. And and just like huge, you know, rewounding around rejection and rejection yeah. and rejection. And there's enough of that in our like culture anyways right now. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, I would I would actually caution the word chased. I do think that there's a good selection of people out there that want to be chased for their ego. They want to be pursued in all these ways. And I have heard from a lot of men like, you know, there's like you know, 50, um, you know, every 50 guys to one woman, but like very rarely is it the, like, it's very, um, unbalanced in, in the dating world out there. Um, so women can be quite selective and dismissive and stuff. I would say pursued. So that's kind of the energy that I'm in. It's around pursuing because I want somebody with clear intentions. Mm -hmm. I want, right. So I want somebody who knows what they want, how they want it, and they can communicate that well. And I offer the same back. And it's interesting because when I offer that back to, and not even romantically, just people I'm making connections with and stuff. Um, it's very interesting how off-putting that can be because it looks like 
almost an aggressive front. Um, and I'm very intentional not to do that because that was more the energy I was in before um, in my younger like 20s and stuff. I was just like, if I like you, I'm going to tell you there's no need to make you wonder about all this. And that's also like, I, I think when we look at people's attachment styles and stuff, like don't make people wonder where they sit in your life. Like if you're interested, you're interested. If you're not, you're not, you know, be honest with people. And I just think there's so much room for miscommunication if you don't just say it like it is, right? Well, but that, that is misperceived, life, yeah, right? I found that in my dating life back, I don't know how many times, like you'd ask somebody out, they'd say yes, and then they wouldn't show up. Oh, wow. Or they'd just show up for part of the date and then leave. You know what I mean? Like Yuck. I had so many bizarre experiences like that where you kind of just like, just, just fucking say, like Harrison Ford said it in one of his movies, it's like, you want to make a man happy? Just show up. Right. Yeah. Be honest and just show up or just say like, sorry, I'm not interested. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And I always offer that back to people. Like, um, you know, uh, I will, I will never ghost. I think that's immature and unnecessary and so damaging to people. So damaging. We talked about that back in one of our episodes. Right. And how, like, even if you have left somebody lingering in your past and you could go back and reconcile that for them, like, let them know in a sense. Right. All of those little pieces there. Um, but you know, you know, even when we look in like, the workplace. And it's funny because when we started with the the statement battle of the sexes, I think back to when I worked in government and I did a lot of team building stuff with my team. I had one of these flip chart calendars. I'm pointing to Jason's here because he's got a funny one today. But uh, it was a battle of the sexes game. So we would collect everyone from the office and we would have like women against men. And it was so interesting. We eventually started playing Jeopardy where the questions were the same um, because the battle of the sexes game it was ridiculous how lopsided the fucking questions were. They thought women were so stupid. The, and the men used to complain so much. And of course, we were like hurrahing because we would get so many points. But like <laughs> the women would get a question and they were like, the women would get questions that tended to be like male dominate dominant, I guess. And then men were to answer questions that were about women kind of thing. I don't really think it was that accurate because the women's question was like, what is the symbol of the uh, of of Playboy um, company? <laughs> and we were like the bunny, obviously. And theirs was like, what year was so and so on like the Fortune whatever magazine? What is it? Fortune 500. Yeah, yeah. They had to know the exact year that this person was in there. That's like, and they're weird. like, how are those equal <laughs> questions, right? They aren't. Yeah, but it's funny because, you know, you look at this and I mean, we still have unequal pay in our, um, you know, in, in, in workplaces and things like that. Um, so it's just like all of the layers of like where we're socially conditioned for certain beliefs and then where we're like knee jerking to be like, no, we want it to be this way or you are too aggressive. So you have to, you know, be more vulnerable, but then you're programmed with all of this conditioning that says, don't don't show emotion, you know, all these things. Like I, I see so many things or even talk to men who are like, I finally was vulnerable or I showed this side to my partner and they got super turned off. Like there's this dynamic of polarity that we play with. And we were talking about that right around like masculine and feminine energy and polarity. And I mean, Jordan Peterson, like you said, talks about a lot of that. Talks about a ton of it. Um, and I wish I had like the, his book in front of me to bit, but he talks about how there's chaos in order. And I mean, and he, puts people off of this. He says men are more the orderly part and women are more the chaos part, mm-hmm. but it's not like chaos in a bad way. It's just different. Men are, are designed to be, we are pre-programmed, I think even genetically just engineered to be doers. Mm-hmm. The hunter, the gatherer, the provider. That's the, was the traditional role of us. And the women were more of the nurturing and the caregiving. And that's sort of a little more chaotic because it's not, it's a more nebulous thing. It's less predictable. Less predictable. And when those two things are aligned, men and women get along. When they're put out of order, those roles are switched a bit, 
they don't. Absolutely. And that's the, the basic point of it. And that we are genetically just built that way. When my son has a problem and he's feeling a certain bit of emotional, he wants to talk to my wife. When he wants to have fun, play, do a task, he comes and gets me. And there's other couples that have the opposite. Yep. The, the man in the family might be more of the caregiver uh, yep. polarity, right? So it's not even gender specific, but recognizing it's the balance. It's like a positive and negative magnet coming together. This is the same in like, um, you know, Chinese philosophy and Taoism around balance, the yin, yep. the yang, like it's constantly the light and dark. So we have, you know, energetic kind of spiritual approaches to it around masculine and feminine polarity. You've got the cognitive and psychological approaches to it around right and left brain, which I do so much of my trauma work around and again you know with the masculine energy being more mind and logic dominant and with the feminine energy and presence being more about emotion and feeling that's why it's more chaotic because emotions and feelings are meant to be chaotic in a sense of unpredictable expressive varying in magnitude all of those things they don't have specific answers um just like you know the way logic does things fit into a box there right yep. so it makes a lot of sense and you know it's funny that chaos word again it's semantics what do we load these words with and what do they mean to us and how do we take offense but if you can step back and look at the dynamic around that it is around like where are people fitting into those sort of uh places and then where you're not fitting in is actually where the majority of people are coming in with significant um troubles in their workplaces in their friendships whatever these things be right and that even goes to a point of being the giver and being a taker Right. Or not even like a taker, but a receiver. But I mean, again, that reciprocal flow um, in any kind of exchange. Yeah. And it, it can be like, I'm glad you gave the example that in some in some marriages with couples, the man is more than nurturing. I think as long as there is a balance there, everything is fine. Yeah. It's when when one side is trying to dominate the other that you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we're in a world right now where one side because one side is sort of having its moment, right? And a lot of that's being led by the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I got that right, because I quite often don't. Um, another side is sort of rearing its head. And it's not always the right side, right? Like there's a lot of this talk about toxic masculinity, which I'm still having trouble figuring out what exactly that is, because some camps say it's just being a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or that it's just, or that it's like, but I think they're referring more to like, um, like the red hat movement in the States, the kind of men that, you know, where there's the gay bashing and they want it to be the hard right politics, etc. But they're lumping that toxic masculinity on a lot of just the general male population. Mm -hmm. And so that's they're coming up and fighting back. Yeah. And I mean, you could talk about toxic femininity as in like being uh, like highly victimized, playing yeah. a poor me, passive aggressive kind of role. That tends to be what that um, dynamic looks like. And with men, it's overly competitive. It's aggression. It's, um, you know, if you really want to look at like behavioral type stuff, it's a disconnection and obsession through drinking and, um, you know, watching sh porn and sports and getting lost in those parts rather than having a focused, disciplined, intentional um, kind of approach and pursuit to life. And really, I mean, that masculine role is about being a container for the relationship, a container for the feminine energy to be able to evolve and expand. And the patriarch recognized, and I'm going to go, guys, I'm going, um, it, it essentially recognized the power that, that women have in this world. We, are, we, we carry the power of creation, essentially, right? Um, and that can be very threatening to see how powerful that can be. And, and essentially, the patriarch did want that. And and started to shame and um, uh, really kind of, 
yeah, shame women and disempower them through things like, um, you know, uh, shutting down sexuality and pleasure of women and shaming menstrual cycles, calling things hysteria, all these types of things related to... The Catholic Church really abso- brought that into the forefront. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? So there is kind of this rise of shift being like, this way isn't the best way right now. And going back to not just like a matriarch kind of peace, but really recognizing like the female can't rise into her ultimate power unless she has a masculine energy holding a container for that chaos, right? For that like ocean of emotion, right? Um, you know, if you take a jug of water, I always talk about this and, and the masculine presence in that connection is a coffee filter. That jug of water is not pouring itself out. It is going to hold that shit together. Right. And I get that I've been there. Um, but if there is a massive bucket, you know, cast iron bucket or whatever it is under there, and it's like, okay, pour out, that jug is going to pour with total trust that I can splash, I can swirl, I can do whatever I need, and I will be contained. And that is that ultimate chaos and and what chaos and order kind yep. of partnership there, masculine, feminine partnership, yin yang partnership kind of thing, right? So there's so many layers to all of this, um, but recognizing like we need each other to be our best, right? Like you can't see darkness if there is no light and you can't see lightness if there is no dark, right? Like yep. it just, we could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's the tango and not the battle, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and we're just, in, I think, at a time right now where no one kind of really feels like they know where they stand. Yeah. Right? And it's being pushed a lot. There's that kind of woke movement out there right now that's really pushing it. And I think the like liberal Hollywood media has really grabbed onto that. because And they're not doing it to further a cause. They just know they can make a shit ton of dough mm. by catering to it. So they're actually not doing it with the right intention either. So I think it's just, it's, it's everywhere right now. Yeah. And I think it's, it's creating a lot of confusion for people. And I don't think people seem to really know what the answer is. It's like they have to ride out just this time in history. I think it's an experiential thing, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, you either have gone on like a deep dive, you've gone on your own kind of healing journey, or it's been blasted in front of your life. You've got some kind of common interest. And I'll tell you, it's interesting because I I think I talked about this in one episode, when Costco puts like certain books on sale, a lot of people start reading them. And there have been certain books that have gone on sale, like um, uh, the... Uh, holidays series. Oh, the Ryan holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the stoic stuff, right? So then people people kind of start going on a dive of their own. So in in my life during my separation and the kind of balance of being the best mother and business owner and finding my own internal balance and connection with self, I had to step away from a lot of that um, really aggressive energy in the world, being a business owner and work, 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 and taking care of all the decisions. And I was saying to Jason earlier, I was like, I, I have to work my ass off to do nothing, to get into a state of flow. It takes so much intentional effort. It gets better and better with time. Um, but there's a lot of deprogramming and unconditioning, um, calming of my nervous system on a regular basis to get me into these flow and slowed states. And actually, I have to schedule nothing time because it It's so habitual and because life is so demanding in areas, right? So I actually work hard to get into my feminine energy, which is all about receiving and flow and, and, and that kind of peaceful place, which is funny that you work hard to get there, right? I'm laughing, (laughs) but you know, that's where my life really, um, kind of just like nudged me and pushed me into exploring that. Otherwise I, I, you know, I explored it from a social structural kind of perspective as a social worker, of course. Um, but internally, um, and looking at those kind of dynamics, I've, I've done lots of that over the last few years. And Jason, for you, you've been forced by your body 
and work demands to shift and balance more of your feminine, right? Yeah, which is an experience for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've never really had to do that before. And I, I know when it comes to each person, there's sort of a, I heard it once, there's like a one to 10 scale of like feminine to masculine energy in all of us, right? And, and there's some- We all that, have both. Some men slide more feminine, some men slide more masculine. I've always slid way more to the masculine side yeah. of thing. So being quote unquote forced to figure out how to slow down a bit and take on, like I've had to do drop yoga, not drop, I had to drop boxing and sort of take up yoga, which is an experience. Um, and it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, people who think yoga is easy. It's hard. Try yoga. Yeah. And, and it works. You get strong and you lose weight fast. Yeah. Uh, especially the hot yoga because you sweat so much shit out yeah. of your system. But yeah, it's, it's an adjustment and it's, it's not always an easy one. Um, I'm trying to think of the right words here. It's just, it's almost like try, just, you have to accept that, that you're just at a point in your life where that's happening. But it doesn't also make, it needs to be realized, I think, by men who find themselves in this position, it doesn't make you any less masculine no. either. And that's the big thing. And you don't need a big truck and to smoke cigars and to drink, although I'd like all those things, whiskey, right. to be a man. But, yeah. but you, you know, it's, you're still like, you just, you it's all about, it. it's all about balance. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you guys were pushed so far to an extreme that it's like this part coming back to you, right? Like you were likely denied so many things that you wouldn't want to deny your son of. You're talking to him about anxiety right now. Your family didn't talk to you about anxiety no. back then. You know, there's all these pieces where it's just like, wow, yeah, I'm allowed to be human. I'm allowed to feel these things. I'm allowed to have these soft sides. And again, that's really what people want in partnerships. That's what they want in management. Like, when you look at a female manager versus a male manager, the male manager is like all business and like people can't talk about the difficulty they've had at home and that's why their work performance sucks or whatever. It's not that they can't, but you know, there's always these glaring differences. How great would it be to have kind of a more intentional, direct, maybe female manager and a more um, like emotionally aware um, and, and in tuned male manager and, and balancing those pieces see, out, right? Too, yeah. Actually. I've had female managers that were like, Drill sergeant. Oh, they were oh. harder than any man I've ever yeah. worked with. And I've had some men that were very receptive. Like yeah. you could actually go in and talk about it, right? So it's funny how there there are those, but it's I think it's because there's those extreme stereotypes yeah. that are there for a reason. They're real. Right? That that's what people see more than anything else. So this yeah, is, this is interesting, and and this is going to be a two parter actually. It is, and that's kind of where I want to I, I want to touch on because we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I'm going to remind people. But like when we think of like what some of the most masculine presents are, <laughs> presents they're delightful gifts to us. <laughs> <laughs> presents. Um, in like, in just like the, like mainstream culture right now, like, you know, we talked about the rock. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember like a few years back, I was like, oh my God, that guy, what a chotch. Yeah. I still use that word guys. And then when I actually started paying attention to him, I was like, oh, he is kind of impressive. Cause I'm not, I, I am not impressed by muscles like that, that don't get me. Right. Um, cause I have some negative stereotypes around that. Right. Which I, I should probably ease up on. Um, so when I really started looking in, I was like, wow, you know, like where he's, where he balanced his life, where he's like showing so much gratitude, he's connected with his mana, he's connected with his heritage now. And, and, and essentially the spirituality of where he comes from. And he's way more public about that now. We've talked about that with Chris Hemsworth and him starting to, you know, work all of the meditation pieces into his center fit and bring this holistic approach to essentially, 
um, help bring all of that balance to people who probably wouldn't have looked at those things to begin with. They just wanted to get hard bodies during COVID, right? Well, it's the same with martial arts. It's viewed as like you just know how to learn how to hurt people with your hands and feet. Yeah. But there is a huge mental, spiritual yeah. mental movement to that. And it's, it is fighting in general, boxing even, is a mental game more than a physical one. Yeah. Right? But people don't see that. They just see the hitting. Totally. There's way more to it. And that. I would say that would be the difference between if we were to label like toxic masculinity versus like healthy balance, that would be the toxic approach to it is it's just this fighting outlet. Yeah. I'm going to kick ass and get myself a belt. You lose. You Whereas lose very quickly. There is this when, when you have that high respect of like, and in even control, self-control over, I harness all of these skills and power and I choose not to use it. Yeah. Like that's really essentially a, a big piece of it too as well, right? It is. It's one, there was one little bit that our, our instructor, Barry Adkins, would tell us is like, don't punch till you're ready. Yeah. And if they're throwing punches, doesn't mean you have to. Yes. You just wait. And that is healthy masculinity, yeah. right? Like, and that's the other piece is like when men, um, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm not using like gender specific. That's just what's coming out of my mouth, guys. So I don't mean offense by that. Um, but essentially, you know, uh, like a secure man who's able to watch his partner, a female partner, be powerful, right? Is that man threatened by that or is he empowered by that, right? Like it's all those kinds of differences. And again, that difference between the battle and the tango. And I just love the idea of the tango because that's really, we can't do our best. We can't become our best um, without the other person. I used this analogy with somebody the other day when they were navigating something singly and looking at like maybe starting to date or go into partnership or that kind of thing. And I said, well, think about it this way. You could be an incredible figure skater and you could be gold medal, but there are some things you will never be able to do if you don't have a partner. Exactly. And the minute you get yourself a skating partner, you can do lifts in the air. You are in brand new territory starting at the bottom. You have your core foundation, but you cannot do something that you could do with a partner, right? And I think that that's really the beautiful message about masculine, feminine, um, just about the partnership of all of us in this world, essentially, right? We're going to continue this conversation next week with more of our tango of the gen. I like that. Yeah. Tango, we'll just call this Tango of the Gender Part 1 and Part 2. We should do letter counting quotes, but we're yeah. going to stick with that this time. Well, we'll see. We might find something we snappy. We might. There's always <laughs> something snappy out there. Until next week, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.